You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trophy Hordes. This is episode 516, and we got a little bit of controversy here in Trophy Hordes land because you know someone specific always loved to give people shit about not showing up for recording or not showing up for recording on time. And in fact, correct me if I'm wrong, Yield, but I was blamed a few weeks ago for wanting to go visit with one of my friends and watch an AEW pay-per-view, which I was blamed for a show not getting done. Yeah, yet, you were. I stood up for you. Yield. Who, which one of us isn't here to record tonight? Let me see. There's, there's me, and then there's you, and then there's, hey, Tricky's not here. To quote Stone Cold Steve Austin, that mealy mouth son of a bitch, Tricky Mick, of course, skipping out on recording. Uh, Tricky may or may not join us later. I'm not entirely sure. Kind of hard to get a hold of him right now, but until then... You got me and Yield, you got lots of video game news, you got more chatter on Horizon, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into episode 516 and uh, Yield. Yeah. Let's, uh, I guess, you know, I, I forget my hosting duties here every once in a while, but I believe what we're supposed to do is trophy counts. Let's do it. All right, Tricky, we'll read him off first, even though he, you know, can't show up to recording. Level 681, total trophy count of 16,611, with a platinum count of 372. I am level 455, with a total trophy count of 7,878. I was very tempted to do 7878. With a platinum count of 122 in 121 games. Yield, sir, you're up next. I am a level 470, with a trophy count of 8324, and a platinum count of 149. I think 150 was probably going to be Horizon. Well, well, we'll get. I mean, I guess. Are you uh, playing anything alongside it, or are you just playing Horizon? Oh, uh, am I playing anything alongside? I mean, I've got, I got my other games. I'm kind of farting around with, but nothing that I think I will get a platinum before Horizon. Speaking of platinums, one of our other great friends, one of the contributors here to Trophy Horse, Sid, has got more platinums than anybody but Tricky. Level 553 with a total trophy count of 11,414 and a platinum count of 219. Sid, I'm envious. You got way more platinums than I do, and I know it's not always about the count, but I know you're an honorable player. You know, you've, you've turned turned to the rap plats here a little bit, you know, just to give us some funnies and to kind of steer other people away from terrible games. But, sir, your uh, your count is impressive, and uh, I'm, I'm much more impressed by your count than Tricky Mix count. I'll tell you that much. All right, yield, sir. We got the trophy counts out of the way. Yep. We've we've, we've uh, poked you tricky a little bit. I guess that means that we got to talk about some video games that we've been playing. And really, it's been mainly just kind of a couple games for both of us. Yeah, I've uh, been playing some Rocket League uh, with on Thursdays. I fired up some Saturday and Sunday just to finish my weekly. Um, playing some Deep Rock Galactic with uh, the Brain and Nitro. And I've uh, been playing a lot of Horizon, as you and I were talking before we started recording. 
I think story-wise, I'm a quarter, maybe a third of the way into the game. But the way that I play these type of open-world games, I do my side missions as I go along, you know. So as I do, I mix them up, so to in a way, I kind of clear the map as I go. So if I've got a mission up to the north of the map, any mission on the way up, I clear it out, and then vice versa, each spot of the map. And then just kind of move, migrate whichever way you're supposed to as the story goes and do it that way. So that way when I get done with the game, I don't have to feel like I'm slogging through a bunch of side missions just to get the platinum. And he also helps you level up and yeah, I don't feel so underwhelmed when I'm fighting the big baddies at the end. Yeah, there are six different skill trees focusing on different characteristics of Aloy's um abilities you know there's like one that's tied to your health and survival one that's like a warrior where you get like different kind of combos there's one that's a machine master there's one that has to do with traps so uh, i can't remember exactly what the other two are um one has to do with like your stamina weapon stamina and regen oh i got him right here there's warrior trapper hunter survivor infiltrator and then machine master so Apparently, there are enough skill points in the game where you can upgrade all of those. And Yield, I know that you've probably seen this, you know, as you've played through. Getting to the end of one of those trees and, and getting everything filled out entirely is pretty insane because they're pretty big. Yeah. I'm... I I like to... I don't spend every skill point as I get it. I stockpile them. Especially now that I'm up to the point where they cost like two or three. So I stockpile them until I get like, I don't know, I think I get around north of 20. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go upgrade some stuff. And then I sit there and I upgrade a bunch of stuff and either use it all or get down to less than five. And okay, let's play the game. So Yeah, so I focused on survival or survivor first because that has a lot to do with your health uh, and a lot of your, your, you know, your defensive stuff where it's going to keep you alive longer in the game. And that's kind of what I always tend to go for, for, go for first. But if you're trying to do some of the battle arenas in the game, the warrior one, that skill tree, that's got a lot of the combos that you need to unlock in order to progress in that. Because, you know, you've got the tutorials and then you've got challenges where you can't do all the tutorials without unlocking a certain number of things in the warrior tree. So if you're trying to do those, you're one going to go, I, I would suggest survivor and warrior first, and then you can fill out trees um, as you go. Because I'm probably closing in on 55 hours into the game i'd say i'm about 75 70 percent done with it if i had to guess or at least have 70 percent of the map unlocked and i've got three of the trees all filled out and i'm working on machine master right now so um yeah so apparently if you keep doing the side quests and all that and you keep leveling up there is enough skill points in the game to max out everything but it is quite a daunting task uh you know, right before we got on here you text me that you were defeating a sunwing you know, overall, what do you think of the machines in the game? Because I think they went into overdrive in the design of a lot of these. And they did, like, there is a nice balance of difficulty to them. They're not pushovers, but, you know, with some perseverance, you're going to tackle the machines. But, you know, wh what are your thoughts on the, the difficulty of fighting the machines? So, I, I like them. Um, my, my only slight complaint was that at f I thought the game would start out and you would see a lot of familiar machines. You know, because, you know, you, they want to re-familiarize yourself with the controls and the gameplay and yada yada. 
And it, it, not that it throws you into the deep end, but you've got all new machines. And I was kind of taken aback, which kind of helps you learn the game. And then as you progress into the game, you start running across familiar machines from Zero Dawn. And I, I was thinking about this, you know, yesterday. I'm like, what? Well, Shouldn't it have been kind of flip-flopped, you know? Shouldn't we have run into more familiar machines at the start of the game? And then as we progressed west, we would run into machines that we hadn't seen yet? Not not that I'm, like, com- really complaining about it. I'm just like, it just feels a little odd, is all. But no, I like the machines. I like the designs. I It's crazy how, like, some of the machines have like eight to ten different variants you know yeah, like when he says that he means like there's ones that are simply fire acid um frost so they have different elemental needs to them and, and they're different entries like there's one main entry for each category but then within each category you can scan machines like a frost glint hawk or something to get that additional yeah. information in your um but, focus so so yeah so i i saw the Sunwing, which i thought was pretty cool because i'm like oh look pterodactyl so, um, uh, I like, I've, I, I, the kangaroos kind of took me by surprise. I the leap flashers, like, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, cool, a kangaroo. I'll tell you what, though, them things will mess you up. Yeah, I got into, I was telling Tricky, and I don't remember if it was on the show or not, but I ran into a group of like five of those, oh, and it was dude, like the first run. time in a game, <laughs> in the game, that I had just turned and run from a battle because I was getting just murked. You know, you talked about, like, introducing some of the newer machines early on. I was surprised with how early on you saw the Slitherfang, because in, like, the first introductory part of the game, you see them. And now, granted, I assume you haven't seen any more yet, because... Correct. Where I am, I found uh, a Slitherfang site within the world, so I I know where it is in the world. But then I think there's been one other mission, and that's all you've seen of the Slitherfang since the beginning of the story. So, you know, they do introduce some of the ones early on. But then other ones like, say, the Tremor Tusk, which I assume you still haven't seen yet, right? No, I have not run into them yet. I want to, though, because those look cool. Oh, yeah. Well, the the desert is where a lot of the big scary machines are, uh, down down south. But, uh, yeah, they do kind of hold off. Like, they'll, they'll show you some of them, but they'll hold off on a lot of the biggest ones. Like, uh, well, I just I just saw one of the new flying machines, the, one of the big flying machines, and... Uh, yeah, they definitely do hold some of the... Uh, they do a good job of introducing the newer machines at a very staggered pace because, you know, it's, you know, like I said, I've been over 50 hours and I just... And there's two specifically heavyweight machines that I have not seen yet. So they do a good job of kind of meeting those out where you're not just like, oh, there's a new machine. Oh, there's a new machine. So, but I get what you're saying. It it, it does make sense because, I like I said, I was surprised with how fast we saw the Slitherfang. And, um, and yeah, so I get it. But, uh, sorry, you were, uh, continuing on. Oh. Yeah, the, um, I was... Or maybe I... I... Ah! No, you're fine. I was done with what, what I was saying. Okay, and it, if, um... Any of your thoughts on the game change? Do you, have you gotten enough into it where you don't feel like it's 1.5 or... I don't know... Because, like, <sighs> saying that kind of seem, makes it seem like the game wasn't necessary, but I, I definitely feel like Forbidden West was necessary. It, no, me, it's, it's necessary. I, I just, there there are moments in the game 
that I, I, it's weird. I don't feel, I'm going to say, I don't feel like it's advanced enough. And that's not the word I'm looking for. And then there are moments in the game that I'm playing, like I just ran, like I was talking to you about running across the Sunwing and a few other things that I'm just like, oh man, this game is just totally awesome. And while I was telling you about how I ran in, you know, the, the little hiccup in the save thing when I ran into my, my first set of stalkers, it's, it's just some, a few little things that, that annoy me to where I don't remember having this annoyance with the first game. And I'm just, I'm, I, I don't feel that this one feels as perfect as the first one. And so therefore that's why I'm like, ah, sometimes I feel like I'm playing 1.5 and other times I feel like I'm playing two. So, you know, I think that I have seen some technological issues that, you know, would kind of jibe with what you're saying. And I think that just, it's because Horizon Forbidden West is a much bigger game, like, you know, bigger, badder, better. And, you know, better is subjective. I think that all the pieces together, I think that Horizon Forbidden West is a better game than the original one. But I think that you do have a point there when you talk about, like, some issues with glitches and, you know, like I had mentioned before, audio dropping out. And I had told you that I had tried to restore a previous, you know, save while I was uh, in a cauldron, and it put me, like, somewhere in the world between the outside of the cauldron and the cauldron. So I was, like, swimming around like I was in the cauldron, but I was outside of it, but I also couldn't get back to the land attached to the cauldron. Because when you enter a cauldron, they straight up tell you, you know, once you come in, you cannot leave. So make sure that you have what you need to um, to get this it. done. Yeah. So I, but uh, also they like, like I was telling you, they do do a good job of auto saving because they're you can go yes. to a list of audio auto saves, and there's more than ten, somewhere between ten and twenty auto saves that you can choose from to reload if you get stuck or something like that. So um, I was telling you that I had, I had, was about at the part of the game where I had just did my story wise had just did my first Thunderjaw, and as I was coming back it unlocked the ability to find the races. I remember you talking about, we were, I think it was Rocket League, we were talking about, you know, there's races and a few other things, side missions, extra extra activities to do. So I unlocked the ability to find where these races were. So I finished out my mission. You know what? I'm going to find out where these races are. Followed the, you know, did my thing, got to where the races are, and the two people that I'm talking to to initiate the races, from their kneecap down, they were in the dirt. I kind of chuckled and went, "Hey, let's talk about Hey, look at this. <laughs> we got we got a little glitch. They're short people." Yeah, I've noticed things, issues that, with that, the game, but they, they, I mean, they don't detract from the experience. I mean, yeah, if they're game breaking, that's one thing, but. I've seen things that, like, you can look at and be like, oh, man, that's... I bet that wasn't supposed to drop out like that. But at the same time, it doesn't detract from the game itself and your enjoyment of the game. But, you know, like, with any open-world game, like, yes, there are issues within this game that you'll come across, you know, that that are not, you know, game-breaking, so. And I will, you know, with the races, I'm not super keen on racing. Uh, I mean, you know, I do in a racing game, yes, I, I get it, but... In a game like this, where it's a big open-world action game, action-adventure game, I don't want to really stop what I'm doing to go race. I realize it's, you know, gameplay variety and whatnot, but uh, with the races, you only have to do two of the four, I believe, to get a trophy. 
So. Ah, okay. Well, I, I, I did my one. I won it. Yep. Yep. Um, Yield, I want to give you a heads up because I, I had this, um, this moment while playing the game that, um, you know, I've, I've always, I've talked about you know, numerous times and, um, about where there gets to be a point in a game, you know, like maybe you're, you're enjoying playing a game, but you get to this one point that seems to be like the peak where it's like, oh man, I didn't realize how much I like this game until this point, And it makes me like appreciate this game so much more. As an example, um, you know, when I was playing Kena Bridge of Spirits, there was the, the Corrupted Woodsmith, that boss fight, which was very hard, but also uh, super awesome. And that was kind of a moment in that game where I had, it's like, oh, yes, this game is awesome. Awesome, more awesome than I'd previously thought. And then Shadow of the Colossus, the fifth Colossus, you know, the, the previous ones were cool, but it's also, they're also kind of underwhelming because it's like, okay, there's 16 Colossi, and did I really want to buy this game when some of the previous bosses have been so easy? And then you get to the fifth boss, the big raven, and it's like, oh, yes, I'm on the back of this giant raven. I jumped on it when it was swooping down at me. I'm now on its back trying to stab it while it's flying hundreds of feet in the air. This game is fucking awesome. Uh, the mission in Horizon Forbidden West that gave me that feeling where it's like you get that that peak sense of satisfaction out of the game. You know, that this is so far. I mean, who knows? Maybe there'll be more of these. But kind of that moment when I realized just how much I enjoyed this game was the payoff to the Sea of Sands mission, which um, is down in the desert. Uh, the payoff to that is magnificent. I, I loved it. And I, I even comment, you know, since Tricky is ahead of me in the game, I think he got the platinum today or recently. So I, I, I mentioned it's like, dude, the payoff for this mission is freaking fantastic. And uh, yeah, the Sea of Sands mission, it's one of my all, it's all time. Like I, it's one of my all time favorites, mission level, whatever. Like I just love that mission so much. And just, like, the way, like, every part of the mission was cool, but the ending to it, the payoff, was just, it was, it was gorgeous. Like, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, it's, it's just kind of this, like, very unique thing within this world, and I, I I don't know, I just love the way they handled it, and the look of it, it just, I, I don't want to give anything away, but the Sea of Sands missions, like, just just look forward to that one because the payoff and what what you trigger to happen once you finish it is incredible. Um, do yield? Do you can you think of any like moment in games previously that you played like that where it's just kind of like this super high? Even if you've been you've enjoyed a game that you've been playing, like there's this one thing that just takes up a few notches. Well, I the first thing that comes to mind is the train scene, or the 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 train level in Uncharted Two, where you're on uh, the train taking down the helicopter. That was pretty rad. Yeah, the uh, where you know it's one of those few levels in a game where you actually where, where, don't where expect you're wrap, where you're wrapping around the train. And you can be like, oh look, there's the train, you know, the front of the train up ahead, and it, it was one of those kind of moments in, in gaming that, wow, we've come this far in games. And I, I don't know. I would have to say that moment. Yeah, because it's probably because there was a moment like that at the beginning of Jedi Fallen Order, which, you know, to be honest, I was not. Uh, you know, I wasn't concerned about my character at all, whereas when you look at 
Uncharted 2, like, that was probably the only time in a game where I actually felt like my character was in danger of falling off of a train and into a giant um, precipice. Like, I was in danger of falling to my death. You know, I know it's scripted, so you're going to make it. It's just they do the little things in that game to make you feel like you're actually going to die if you don't hustle and get this done. So, Yield, anything else about Horizon Forbidden West you want to say? No, not at the moment. Okay. I'm, I'm like I said, about 55 hours in probably and still really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, I uh, love, love the story. Well, I should say, uh, I, I don't know. For me, the, the game, it brings together characters, story, and gameplay really, really well. Uh, traversal, exploration, combat. It kind of has all those elements. And there are a few problems here and there. But for the most part, the gameplay is is something I've just been sucked into entirely. And like I mentioned before, the missions to me, they're nice and meaty. They don't feel tedious. They don't feel repetitive. Which, you know, when you have a lot of side missions in a game, a lot of stuff can feel repetitive and tedious. And this game seems to, you know, evade that. At least, you know, from where I'm sitting. So, uh, really, really enjoying Horizon Forbidden West. Yo, did you see that um, the, on the month of release that Elden Ring was the top game uh, for sales on the uh, PlayStation Network? Down, yeah, I, yeah, you you sent that to us. That was nuts what it sold. And it's I think it was actually a GameSpot article where I saw that the game has already sold over 12 million copies. Which crazy, crazy. Um, and I know that a lot of people had kind of viewed this as like, oh man, Horizon got screwed again because they released Forbidden West and then, oh, like a week or so later, it's Elden Ring. You know, I gotta say, I think Horizon will be fine. You know, we we know that the um, on the PC and PS4, Horizon Forbid or uh, Zero Dawn sold over 20 million copies. So there's clearly a massive base audience for this game. And I think that even if people played Elden Ring first, they will eventually come to come to find Horizon. They, you know, they'll they'll look for it. They'll want to play it. You know which game I think is really going to be hurt by releasing right by Horizon and uh, Elden Ring? What's that? It's a game like Sifu. Because... Oh, yeah. Whereas, you know, a lot of people played Horizon Zero Dawn and a lot of people really liked it. You know, and Horizon Forbidden West is getting really good review scores too. You got a new game like Sifu, which, you know... Got a lot of positive press. People seem to be excited about it. But when you have two Goliaths like that, unless you got into Sifu at the very beginning on the ground floor and you played it on release and you got through it, a lot of people, you know, other than the people who jumped on it at first, are they going to, you know, play Elden Ring, play Horizon, and then by the time they're done with those, there's something else they want to play? I don't know. I feel like a smaller game, a brand new game like Sifu, is going to be something that's hurt more by Elden Ring than Horizon, and I guess it'd be, it's, you know... It's, well, especially one that um, is dif- is difficult, you know, in the sense of, you you know, unless you're good at those kind of... They compare it to, like, a Souls-type game, and I was watching my buddy play it a couple of weeks ago, and I can see where they're talking about the difficulty, because it's one of those games that if... Since it's, since it's a hand-to-hand combat game, if you make a mistake... They will make you pay. And I mean, like, make you pay as in, like, two or three hits and they're going to wipe you out because you missed a block or you weren't the aggressor in starting the attack or countering attack. 
they will make you pay. And and but it seemed like one of those games where if you made a mistake it wasn't it wasn't one of those oh the game screwed me. It seemed more like oh yep, I didn't, you know, hit the counter in time and so I missed it. It was one of those you made the mistake, not they glitched you out. So I can see that because they might have not some people might not have gotten through that before Horizon or an Elden Ring, and then you might not get back to that game. Lucky for me, in my instance, I hadn't gotten to Sifu yet. I'm planning on moving towards that after Horizon, so I'm kind of glad I didn't. But yeah, I can see where a game like that is going to get lost in the shuffle of the Horizons and the Elden Ring and the other big-name titles that trickle out as the year goes on. Yeah, and you and I are more likely to go back and play Sifu than play Elden Ring, because as I've told people, you know, because I, I, I know quite a few people who have played Elden Ring, and anybody who's played Elden Ring seems to want to get other people to buy it. I don't know. I can't just sit down and play 200-hour games back-to-back. That's just too much for me, so i got to well, have that yeah. little palate cleanser. And, and I didn't... I really didn't know anything about this game until it started to launch. And then everyone's losing their mind, and I'm like, I never heard of it. So it was just one of those ones that I guess just never popped up on my radar. I know that the brain has it, and then my brother has just picked it up. So I see Sid's playing it. So, I mean, there's a lot of people on my friends list playing it. It's just, I've been told I'd like it because I, uh, after, uh, some people know that I've played uh, Kingdoms of Amalar, and they're like, well, if you like Kingdoms of Amalar, then you'll probably like Elden Ring. I don't know if I'll dive into it. I've seen some highlights of it, you know, little clips of people on the internet and whatnot playing it, and I have yet to necessarily see anything that makes me go, oh, yeah, I mean, I need to play that. I'll end up making my way over to the Brain's house, and I'll watch him play it or one of the kids play it and get more of a determination from there. But... It's it's not high on my list of things because I've got Horizon now. I want to play Sifu, um, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga drops the start of next month. I'm I'm good. Which, as you know, yield now the games for the PlayStation Plus, uh, the monthly free games have been leaking out pretty reliably over the uh, the past well past half year I would say. And, uh, I mean, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but I, I forget. Let me see where the website is. Uh, the website was comicbook.com, listed the Skywalker Saga as one of the games we're supposed to be getting, or rumored to be getting, for free in April. Which I know would, would make you happy, because you, uh, you'd save some money there. Well, I would, but, um, I, I would keep my pre-order bonus, I would keep my pre-order and, and still pick it up. Uh, physically, only because I'm going to get myself a sweet-looking Lego Han Solo Frozen and Carbonite steel bookcase, and I kind of want that. That, That's pretty slick. So, in this instance, I would still keep my pre-order. But if that does end up being true, that lineup is pretty stout. I believe you got, you were rumored... Uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga and MLB 22. So if you're an MLB guy, 
that's pretty big. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like, you know, it would be, if, if everything comes to pass, it would be a pretty big month for for PlayStation Plus in April. But also, you'd, I mean, you're obviously going to keep your pre-order because you probably want that physical copy of the game, whereas obviously with PlayStation Plus, it would just be a download. I mean, would would you actually, if you didn't really like the pre-order bonus, if you didn't get that, the Han Solo and Carbonite, it was just like, well, I'll just buy the game. If you were going to get the game for free on PlayStation Plus, would you return or cancel your pre-order and not get the physical copy just to get it for free for Plus? You know, I that would be a that would be a strong conversation I'd have to have with myself because I mean, if I could save myself seventy bucks to buy something else or two or three something else's on sale, it would be a conversation I'd have to have with myself because I'm not opposed to digital games. You know, because I, I mean, I have bought in several. I just, I do like my physical copy, but if, if it wasn't something that I was already getting so, uh, what I feel is a pretty sweet pre-order bonus, I it would be a conversation I would have with myself. All right, Yield, anything else you want to add to, to what we've been playing? You know, we, we've done some Rocket League, we, we've played some Horizon. I think most of our time has been sucked up in Horizon. But uh, anything else that you wanted to, to comment on before we, we head on to our topics? Uh, not yet. Other than that, um, if no one's checked out, I forgot to put this on the Facebook page. I've been meaning to. Um, check out the, the sales on the PSN. I believe the PlayStation Indie sale. It's good through the 24th. What, what is today? Today's 20th. So, when you hear this, you have until tomorrow. Um, they've got some games in there. Not like real big ones, but they've got some pretty nifty sales in there on the indie sale. I know I'm thinking about picking up Arise, A Simple Tale. There may have been one more floating around there. But, anyway, I have been was meaning to post that. Oh, uh, the We Were Here bundle. I think it's like 1034 for all three of those games. So I am a champion of that game. Find a buddy to pick that game up. Both of you pick it up and co-op through it. Very fun game. And really, to tell you the truth, they're not difficult Platinums. They're just, you know, you just got to play through it a couple of times. But fun games. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you like puzzle games. Because they're, they're a puzzle game. But that's it. Well, going from the opposite end of the spectrum from the puzzle game genre, we have news about GTA Online. Uh, this article comes from IGN.com and Ryan Dinsdale. The headline reads, Rockstar fixes GTA Online account migration problem. Players unable to migrate their GTA Online characters to next-gen consoles are now able to. Rockstar announced on Twitter below that save migration is now working as intended just a few hours after it acknowledged the issue. Early during the launch period, users playing on the newly released PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X versions of GTA 5 were unable to transfer their characters from the previous generation console if they had already done so to PC. The issue has now been resolved. The PS5 and Xbox Series versions include much faster load times, new graphic modes, and a number of other performance upgrades, including increased population and traffic variety, increased vegetation density, improved lighting quality across shadows, water reflections, and other elements. Uh, and again, we talked about last week about how uh, if you want to upgrade a free uh, upgrade from the PS4 version to the PS5 version of GTA 5, as well as on the Xbox family consoles, 
you are there's not a free upgrade. You're you get a discount upfront if you do it a certain amount of time, uh, and as time goes on, the the upgrade fee gets more expensive. But right now, there's a discount to upgrade, but there will is not a free upgrade. We did talk about that last week. So, uh, I mean, it's really cool that people can play with you know better performance and you know more variety to the populace around you know the game uh, of you know GTA Five, but you know, this is one of those games that it's just like we've seen this on three on three generations now, two previous ones. It's like you know, if you want a paid upgrade to the the you know the, the PlayStation 5 version, you want to play more Grand Theft Auto, that's that's great. I don't know. It just I feel like in this moment right now, as I'm reading the story, I kinda have a little I'm taking on a little bit of yield where, you know, yield had previously and I can't remember if it was last week or not, but had talked about, you know, Basically, when it comes to Rockstar, just make something new. Stop putting GTA out, or GTA 5 specifically out, on console after console. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess to each their own, I, if that's I, what you're... Oh, yeah, ahead, if that's what you're like. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, make make GTA 6, make Bully 2, make something new. I mean, I I, I get it. This this is, this is a moneymaker, and people are still gobbling it up, but I just... I think everybody benefits as a whole. The community, the gaming community, benefits as a whole when developers push themselves. You know, what else can we do? Where, where can we broaden our horizons? So, I, I would like to see new, not third console generation Grand Theft Auto. That's just me, though. Yeah, well, I actually have seen. You know, since we had that, my recitation of the epically long Bully news story, the Bully 2 news story, uh, I've actually seen things that have said that it's rumored to be in the works still, Bully 2. I guess those those rumors will live on until, you know, the game actually comes out at some point or, you know, someone comes out and said, nope, it's completely dead. Stop stop asking for it. But but yeah, I mean, if you, if you still enjoy playing GTA, and I'm sure, obviously, the introduction of GTA Online has probably extended the life of Grand Theft Auto 5, you know, for years because I'm sure there are people that just enjoy like we enjoy Rocket League. I'm sure people enjoy getting on GTA online and just causing mayhem. So, I mean, obviously some the introduction of that will uh will lengthen the life of your console, but I'm or your console game. I'm I'm interested to see what GTA 6 looks like though, so. Uh but if you have an issue transferring your character over, migrating your character over from one console to another, there you go. It is fixed. Game more in my wheelhouse, to be perfectly honest, than GTA. You know, some people look at the horrors of GTA and all the crime and everything like that. Well, there are certainly a different set of horrors going on in Dead Space. The Dead Space remake is targeting early 2023 release date. This article comes from IGN.com and Matt Kim. The Dead Space remake is coming along, and according to the developers, the team is now targeting an early 2023 release window for its ambitious survival horror game. We want to make sure that we are in a place where the game we're going to deliver is good to be building upon the expectations of the fans, the developer said in today's stream. So right now, we'll say early next year. We have a date in mind, and we want to make sure that everything converges for this. And uh, just to give you an idea of some of the... how how they're trying to make Dead Space, Dead Space even more realistic, they, uh, they talked about 
the devs previously detailed how they're aiming to have realistic physics for how Isaac shoots and cuts the necromorphs. Today's audio presentation revealed this realism extends to the sound as well, with Isaac's dialogue and breathing changing based on how fatigued he is. Which, if you're running around a space station, the uh, the Ishimura, if you're running away from necromorphs, running for your life, well, your voice is going to sound pretty strained, you know, after, you know, you're, you're, you're running for your life. So it's good to know, and that's one of the things that was fantastic about the first game. I mean, the gameplay was was really tense and a lot of fun, and the whole like dismembering the necromorphs and cutting off limbs and stuff like that was really cool as well. But the sound design really helped feed the atmosphere of that game that you were just alone and you had to get out of the situation yourself and you were in a fight for your life. So it's good to know that they're still taking the audio of the game very seriously and they're thinking about things like well how would isaac be breathing at this point like i just you know i i I just love that and how audio was such a big big part of that game yield i'm a little surprised well i mean i guess obviously they want to make the game as good as possible so they're going to miss that halloween window which would seem like it would be the perfect time to release the game i was just thinking the same thing that halloween would be a good one but if you if you get it early enough in 2030 that would be winter time for us here here in the, the Midwest. That wouldn't be too bad. You've got the late nights of winter, which would be kind of like a cold emptiness of space. It could still kind of work, but no, Halloween would be, would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'll forgive them if they uh, I'm missing out on that that marketing opportunity if they just want to make the game as good as they possibly can. Obviously, you don't want to make people to wait until the following Halloween to say, "Well, the game is done, but we want to launch it during the Halloween window." So, uh, but you know, this will give the game some breathing room because you know I want to make sure that I have time to devote to it. Because like you know, it's it's like one of those games like Horizon where it's like this is my main game, this is the game I'm going to buy, this is the game I'll be playing, everything else be damned. You know, so uh, I'll be looking forward to it releasing in 2023. I'll be buying it as soon as I can. It's been a long enough time since I played the original Dead Space where it's uh, it's good to be jumping back in. And, you know, with the power of the recent consoles, I don't know, just playing this game is going to be an extremely wild experience. And Dead Space is really, you know, we've seen VR used for Resident Evil with Resident Evil 7. Dead Space seems like a game that would be perfect for that you know vr scare you know if you want to shit your pants by actually feeling like you're being attacked by necromorphs as opposed to just staring at your tv screen and and seeing the necromorphs in your tv screen but uh but yeah glad glad to see dead space is uh on the on the horizon so to speak we'll have plenty of time to get through this year anything we want to play forbidden west seafood but uh yeah there is your your dead space update Sony's been getting quite a bit of state of plays here recently, you know, updating us on on the progress of certain games, much like EA has done with Dead Space, you know, giving us a uh, a first look at games like the Cowabunga Collection from Konami. Uh, Sony chose the uh, the latest state of play to focus their attentions on the Hogwarts Legacy game, which we found out will be releasing this holiday. So, this article comes from ign.com and is written by taylor lyles uh one of the things they focused uh, obviously with uh, such a big focus on hogwarts 
Legacy, the uh, in the previous state of play, they you know they really focused on on gameplay. Um, Avalanche Software lifted the veil on Hogwarts Legacy during a special state of play. The twenty minute show was dedicated to the showing off new gameplay and plot details. As seen in today's state of play, Hogwarts Legacy will let players live their full wizarding life as a fifth year student at Hogwarts. It includes a wizarding duel with another classmate, brewing potions in class, flying on a broomstick, and exploring the school's campus in your free time. Does sounds kind of like uh, a bit like Bully, uh, just at a wizarding school, maybe with less chicanery. Avalanche Software has also shared some plot details for Hogwarts Legacy, where the player is tasked with investigating a rumored goblin rebellion led by a goblin named Ranrock, further noting that there was an uneasy alliance between the goblins and the dark wizards. As previously confirmed when the game was announced back in 2020, Hogwarts Legacy is set in the late 1800s. Avalanche Software notes in the latest PlayStation blog that the decision is set in its, at this time period was to ensure that your legend is never overshadowed by any other hero. Though the developer assured fans of the Wizarding World that the gameplay will be familiar to everything you loved about the Harry Potter series. Uh, today's broadcast also detailed new gameplay mechanics that featured including in Hogwarts Legacy, including a talent system in which you can upgrade specific skills such as your stealth or your ability to efficiently use abilities you learn when you are in the room of requirement. Uh, one of the things that comes along with any talk about Harry Potter is, of course, the beliefs and the... Um, uh, some of the things that J.K. Rowling has shared when it comes to certain members of society and, and her views as, a, as in regards to, you know, people, uh, transgender people. Uh, I did, you know, whatever your opinion is, that is that is your opinion. Um, but I did want to say that uh, there are reports that suggest that you can create a trans- transgender character um, or I'll, I'll read exactly from the IGN article. Reports have since suggested that the game will allow for transgender characters to be created. So again, regardless of how you feel about it, they uh, the developers feel like there is a need to include a wider group of people uh, for the sake of diversity, but also for representation. So I, I personally think that's good. I'm not asking for anybody else's opinion. You know, your opinion is your, is, is your opinion. Um, but personally, I think it's good to include as many people as you can for, you know, for this, because I mean, you'll, you and I growing up probably never had any issues with, you know, representation in our video games because we are white men. And as far back as you can think, that has been a character in a video game. So I think that as we move on in society and we, our games, you know, get more, uh, there's more social commentary, the stories and characters are more diverse, more in depth. I don't know. It, it's a good thing, uh, a very positive thing, I think, that they consider these kind of things. And just the, num- the number of people who play their games. Um, the other thing I will add is that, uh, based on what I've read, you will not have, like, a typical character. You're not going to be playing as Harry Potter. You will be, you know, there will be a created character where you will be creating the character that you want to play as. So, again, that, that includes the importance of representation in the game. Uh, Yield, I don't see you as much of a Harry Potter fan, Mostly because you've never mentioned it before. Did this? Did you watch the state of play, or did you know any of the news coming out of it do anything for you? Honestly, I didn't know there was a state of play, <laughs> so I was like, I missed this one. It kind of came up out of nowhere. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I, I think I definitely think it's good that they are getting out so, there with more state of plays because, as I told you before, I'm not really keen on the whole E3 thing anymore. Like going to PAX is cool, but sitting at home and try to soak up all the information that comes out a three it's a little much whereas with the state of plays you know go ahead sorry oh no no you, you can go ahead so so 
I my only comment to that was at first when I first started getting into the you know the whole podcasting and paying attention to E3 and all that those those first handful of years five years tops it was fun like like you always said it it was like Christmas you know in June and then it got to the point to where everybody and their grandmother was doing a a press conference. And it was, it was a lot to take in, you know, and it was a lot of, of you would watch someone's press conference and only, I'm going to say watered down, but, you know, you're, you're watching it so for like, like us podcasters, you watch it so that way you can report on it, give your opinion on it. And you sit there and you'd watch it and you would watch a half hour or 45 minutes, an hour or longer uh, press conference. And you'd sit there and you'd be like, for you, because, you know, I watch it not only for myself, but then to, to try to, you know, tell our audience about it. And I'd watch it and I'd be like, wow, that's 45 minutes of my life I won't get back. Now, I know that that sounds mean and there are games in there that are interesting to people but i'm just like wow i that was absolutely boring for me you know whereas when it was just kind of the big three and maybe one other company that wasn't bad because everything would be there and then you'd see so a few things leak out oh i didn't see this trailer but i i agree with you i would much rather have state of place where it's trickled out here and there i just totally missed that one this one i normally catch it on some social media feed or something. Hey, there's a state of play tonight or tomorrow. And I totally whiffed on this one. So I want to go back and look it up and give it a watch. But no, Harry Potter, I've never been a big Harry Potter fan. It never, never grabbed me. And I remember when this game was announced and I was just kind of like, it's not my thing. I'm not saying that it's a bad game. It's just, it doesn't grab me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if you're not into Harry Potter, I don't think this game is going to pull you into the universe. I will say I've seen the movies. I've never read the books, but I've seen the movies, and I do enjoy the movies and Harry Potter World, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter down at Universal Studios. Um, whether you like Harry Potter or not, or whether you've been in that universe or not, it's a cool place to go to, and you can have a lot of fun there. I mean, Butterbeard is, is delicious whether you like Harry Potter or not, but it's... I think that there are certain things within the Harry Potter universe that you can enjoy regardless. Like, you know, Wizarding World is incredibly fun and you can respect just how authentic they built that world down there and how it like how just great it looks. You know, you don't have to read the books. You know, you maybe you enjoy the movies more than the books or maybe, you know, you just enjoy the visual media as opposed to just reading. But yeah, I mean, I, I do appreciate some aspects of Harry Potter, but the video game aspect, eh probably not for me if ashley ever buys it and she because she is a big harry potter fan she read the books seen all the movies loves the wizarding world uh if she buys it then i will watch her play it and you know if i I like it based on that then i'll play it but harry potter is kind of one of those things where i kind of pick i i pick here and there whether i uh i'm gonna invest in it or not because i'm just not i'm kind of halfway in the doors as far as far as it goes to that franchise so We've already had talk of of one survival horror game on this episode. Why not another? It's not 
the spooky season, but we can still get our fill of Dead Space and Silent Hill. Now, we're not here to confirm anything because there's nothing been confirmed yet, but based on this article here by Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN.com, Silent Hill amid reboot rumors Konami renews trademark. And actually, I think that this was originally posted over here on the Video Games Chronicle uh, by Tom Ivan. Konami has updated Silent Hill trademark in Japan. Uh, as spotted by a Reddit user, updates to Silent Hill, Gradius, Frogger, The Water Margin, and Tokimeki Memorial trademarks were published by the Jap- uh, Japan Patent Office Company on, or the pa- Japan Patent Office on March 15th. The Silent Hill trademark covers a game software and headsets for virtual headsets. It sounds like I said headsets there, at least to me. It did. Headsets, less fun, for virtual reality as well as numerous non-game related goods and services. Well, these may, be, may simply be routine trademark updates or periodic renewals rather than being indicative of any new product plans. VGC reported in October that multiple Silent Hill games are in development at external studios after Konami decided to revive the classic franchise. One of these was outsourced to a prominent Japanese developer in 2021, we were told. And last February, medium developer Bloober Team said it was working on an existing horror IP from a very famous gaming publisher fueling speculation on an existing horror IP. Uh, the franchise creator recently told VGC that he thinks it would be more difficult to remake a Silent Hill game than a Resident Evil game, one because the gameplay as a concept is a little older. Uh, Kichiro Toyama, who left Sony last year to form Boki Game Studio, explained, It's not an action game where you can just refine the action as in Biohazard. To bring Silent Hill up to current standards or to polish up the graphics, the fans wouldn't be satisfied. Uh, yield, you know, I think that, you know, Konami has commented and said that they're not specifically on this but they want to do more with their their more hallowed franchises they're they're bigger more well-known long-standing franchises like say castlevania like silent hill so at some point i expect that they will have a silent hill for us you know likely outsourced because konami really just don't have the in-house teams to really you know maximize the potential of those game franchises anymore but what do you think about the idea that the world just kind of passed Silent Hill by and Silent Hill on new franchise on, on new consoles just wouldn't be as big of a hit as Resident Evil? It would be kind of it would be nice to see it on there, you know, because that's kind of the the thing now is to take games when we were kids and you know, reboot, not, well, I shouldn't say we were kids, because, but when we were in our teens, taking those games and bringing them up to current consoles. But you have to find the right games that, that will fit, because some games would need a total rework. So, it, it's got to work, but a game that's loved, like Silent Hill, it would be sad that if we, you know, didn't continue it or bring it back, so to speak. So, it, you know, just because they renewed the trademark doesn't mean that they're going to do anything about it. They, you know, could have just renewed the trademark just to, so no one else can gobble it up and start, you know, and then go do their own thing. But, not that I'm a horror person, but 
you know, it, it would be good to bring Silent Hill back. You know, honestly, like, I understand kind of where he's coming from when it comes to Silent Hill, and more, like, with Shattered Memories, one of the later Silent Hill games, whereas you couldn't you couldn't protect yourself, you couldn't defend yourself, you kind of just had to run. And I think that that is not, you know, even in Dead Space and Resident Evil, even though you were dropped in these terrible situations, you can still defend yourself with, with weaponry. You know, in Dead Space, it's more, you know, engineer tools. But even if we as a, a society and we as a community, the, the gaming community, have kind of passed Silent Hill by, I would like to see them at least try to put out a new one. And we see for ourselves, it's like, okay, yes, this is, we we definitely, this is outdated. And, you know, even with upgrades, we still, you know, can't resurrect this in the way that, you know, Resident Evil has been resurrected by Konami in recent years. Them shifting, you know, back to horror, away from action. But, I mean, there's a place in this world, you know, I, I remember when the 8-bit Mega Man games, Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10 came out, and people were excited for those, and they were great games. Even in the, you know, the, in, around, you know, I can't remember when they came out, but it would have to be, it was, I know it was somewhere around 2010, I can't remember exactly when, but right around that time of, you know, 10 years ago, there was still a place in video games for Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10, 8-bit versions of those. So, you look at Mega Man 11, there's obviously still a place for Mega Man, you know, up, you know, came out, what, 2018, I believe it was? So... Sounds far, right? So, yeah, I mean, there's still a place for Mega Man and even 8-bit Mega Mans, you know, they, you know, we don't just, you know, there are a lot of people that still make 8-bit games these days, so there's a place for those, and I would like to think there's also a place for Silent Hill, and I think that there are, I would at least hope that there are people creative enough in the video game industry that can bring that to life and make it, you know, Hey, we have a, re- a new Silent Hill in 2022, and it's fucking awesome. You know, I, I feel like that's yeah. we live in the world where that's still possible. So to just to write it off, I don't know. You know, you always kind of want to temper expectations, but before anyone says, "Oh, it's you know, we can't do this," I would like to at least you know know that they tried and we put it out there and people played it. And it's like, okay, well, yes, this is this is not great anymore. But I still feel like so- someone like Pyramid Head from Silent Hill Two. And trying to escape Pyramid Head would have relevance to gamers today and would be able to cause nightmares and, f- and fill us with terror as it did so many years ago. And Yield, you know, when I think of a world of terror, when I think of being filled with terror, I think of a world that doesn't have any more new Sly Cooper games. That is terrifying. Because I love Sly Cooper, Yield. I think you I, know that. I, yes, yes. And you're the reason I started playing Sly Cooper. So... So, Yield added a, a topic here to our agenda revolving around Sly Cooper and the possibility of us getting a new Sly Cooper. Uh, from GameRant.com by Dalton Cooper. I wonder if this guy, or he or she, has to write about Sly Cooper updates because the last name is Dalton Cooper. You think that happens? It's like, hey, you're the Cooper guy. You're the Cooper clan guy. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, Dalton. You know what? You're up. We've got more Sly news. You're up, Dalton. We've got more Sly, yeah. You know what? If that was really the case, bravo to them. It's like we're gonna hire someone with the last name Cooper just for all our sly, just for sly all our sly news. Quote: Sly Cooper: Thieves in Time was the fourth main series Sly Cooper game, but unfortunately, its story ended on a cliffhanger that remains unresolved to this day. Rumors have started recently that then fan that fans may finally be able to get some resolution, as leakers claim that Sly Cooper Five is in development and may even be revealed later this year. Well, that remains to be seen, 
There is some fresh evidence that Sly Cooper 5 rumors may actually be legitimate. As pointed out by a Reddit user, uh, Thoritis, the Sly, the Sly Cooper web domain was updated on March 4th. Since the Sly Cooper series has been dormant since 2013's Sly, Thieves in Time, it has been a bit random for the domain to be updated in 2022. While it could merely be a coincidence, it is interesting timing that the domain update has happened while there were rumors about a Sly 5 game floating around. For those who haven't been following rumors, they started up last year when reliable leakers claimed that Sly Cooper 5 was in active development. The most recent development came from leaker account NGT, who said that if it's possible, Sly Cooper 5 will be revealed in the second half of the year to coincide with the franchise's 20th anniversary. Uh, that is certainly a very, very good time. Twenty, you know, the 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 twenty fifteen, the ten, the twenty five year, those those five increment anniversaries, always good to announce big things, unless you're. Nintendo, when you don't do dick with the Legend of Zelda anniversary. I'm still pissed about that yield. I'll never not be pissed about uh, it, I'll tell you that uh, I'm so disappointed that they failed on that. Going back to the article, quote, leakers have seemed to think that the original Sly Cooper developer Sucker Punch Productions is not working on the game, but rather it's been entrusted with another uh, studio. This would make sense as Sucker Punch is believed to be busy with the rumored Ghost of Tsushima sequel, and Thieves in Time was developed by a different studio anyway. That was Sanzaru Games. However, fans should take all this information with a massive grain of salt as the new Sly Cooper game has not been official has been officially announced. In the meantime, some are hoping that this website update means that Sly Cooper 5 will be revealed at a PlayStation State of Play event for March 2022. Sony confirmed that the State of Play is taking place at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, March 9th. While it didn't say what games would be on there, it did say that fans should expect to primarily see titles being made by Japanese studios. Definitely possible that Sly Cooper 5 could be revealed at the state of play, especially if it's been handed off to a Japanese development team, but fans should keep their expectations in check. Well, we obviously know that that time is coming past, and we have had two state of plays in March, and have not had any more information on Sly Cooper. Yield, you know what would be a really good studio, I think, to work on a Sly Cooper game? Tell me. Team Asobi. What? Okay, I've I've heard that name, but it's not. They are the team that did Astro's Playroom. Oh yeah, and they are currently since they closed Sony Japan Studios. Team Asobi is kind of like the main team there for the the Japanese side of Sony development. And I just think you know the way that Astro looked and everything, that kind of look could be really good for Sly Cooper. It would fit very well with Sly. Although I did like I the shell, the cell shading aspect of Sly Cooper, so you know who knows? Maybe in the end, that's not what <laughs> Sly is destined for. Sly and Murray and Bentley. But I don't know. I think Team Asobi, with the style of the game they made with um, Astro, I think that that could fit within the Sly Cooper universe. It could very well. I know that I, I hope these rumors are true, and I would even uh, champion a uh, a Sly collection. I mean, you know we already have one, but I'm assuming that you mean one that includes 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yes. We pro- probably wouldn't get that since we had the Sly Collection on the 3, and then they released the, you know, the, the fourth game. But, you know, I'll, I'll take anything Sly right now, especially 5 if we can end the cliffhanger of 4. My niece still will ask me, is there any Sly Cooper news? Because she watched the end of that game with me and was like, is that it? And I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, that that's it. So she'll still occasionally be like, 
is there a new slide game? And I'm like, not yet. Yeah, for me, Sly Cooper is one of those games that I think that, you know, Ratchet and Clank is going to be on every console franchise. They're going to put out a, at least one Ratchet and Clank game every franchise, and that makes sense. Sly Cooper is going to be one of those franchises I think is in every other console franchise. And who knows? Maybe at some point once they clear up, you know, what happened in Sly Cooper 4, they, they put out the fifth game and they explain everything and they put the story to rest. Maybe, you know, they're like, okay, we're, we're done with Sly Cooper. But I will give Sly Cooper credit because while it's not as big of a franchise as Ratchet & Clank, it has certainly outlived Jack, the Jack and Daxter franchise. And, you know, a lot of Sony's franchises, you look at Resistance, you look at, you know, all of their main game studios always look to create something new. You know, it's not just like Gorillas making Killzone games till the end of time or anything like that. But yeah, and, and you know, Sly has been passed. The torch has been passed, and, and Sucker Punch has given up the, the torch for Sly, and they've allowed Senzaru Games to create one. And it looks like the next Sly game is going to be created by something else, someone else as well. But the fact that Sony is still... It makes me happy that Sony is still seemingly dedicated to the Sly Cooper franchise, because I think that that franchise, you know, and the characters in particular, really grabbed people. Like, it was something that... It grabbed our imagination, but you know, they were it was they were really endearing games. Like the characters, the gameplay style, like everything about it. Like setting up a heist by doing reconnaissance and all these other smaller missions, and then ending with a boss fight. It's almost like the perfect scenario for me. Like I just love that gameplay ladder that they made you climb to get the to the end of an episode, and then you moved on to a new criminal mastermind that you had to go against. So, I you know the look of the games, the the dialogue, the characters, the gameplay style, the bosses. Like I just loved everything about those games. So. The fact that Sony still has kind of Sly Cooper in their back pocket and, you know, other things like Twisted Metal, like being, you know, going, you know, looking back to your vault of games and your properties, like I think that's always a good thing to do. And, you know, Sly Cooper is not going to be something they pop out every once in a while. But, you know, again, you know, something that every other generation, you know, I think that's a good place for Sly. And even if they decide to end in Sly with Sly 5, you know, just to kind of resolve what's been set up in the previous games at least Sly has been treated better than Jack and Daxter. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. Although, you know, judging by your critiques of, of Jack and Daxter 2 or Jack 2. That was rough. So. Enjoyed the first one. Didn't like the changes made to the second one. But I loved all four Sly, Sly games. Yeah, I mean, they, they clearly the first game clearly was very much unlike the others, and they kind of looked at the after Sly the Sly Cooper and Thievius Raccoonus, they looked at the formula for the game and they changed it up to where rather than being like a hey here's this hub with all these levels you go into and you get a key at the end of each level at the end you know you can use that to unlock the door to the boss they changed it to here's kind of an open world like a little sandbox you can play in and within that sandbox. You creep around, you do your stealth things, and there are different missions you do within that, and that all sets up a larger heist and an encounter with a boss. So uh, definitely improved the gameplay of Sly and, and made it even better. Whereas, you know, with Jack and Daxter, I know that they changed up the gameplay to that, and you prefer the Precursor Legacy to Jack 2. Jack 3 is more like Jack 2. So, I mean, maybe they fixed some of the issues with, with what you had with Jack 2 and Jack 3, but I know that... It's kind of a. Uh, it was kind of reverse, where it seems like for you, Jack and Daxter got worse as it went on, whereas with Sly Cooper, it only got better. So yes, 
We're going to wrap up here with our topic of the week, which kind of bleeds off our discussion of you know Sony and a lot of their game developers stopping business or suspending business in Russia over their invasion of Ukraine. Uh, the title for this is X- Epic Games and Xbox to donate two weeks of Fortnite proceeds to support humanitarian relief, humanitarian relief for Ukraine, uh, written by Adam Bankhurst. Let's see. Uh, Epic Games has committed to donating all of its Fortnite proceeds to humanitarian relief for people affected by the war in Ukraine for the next two weeks. As detailed by the Fortnite team, Xbox is joining Epic in this effort by committing their net proceeds from Fortnite during the same time frame so we can get more aid to the people of Ukraine. The donations will be collected from March 20th through April 3rd, and the funds will be sent to the Direct Relief United Nations Children's Fund, uh, otherwise known as UNICEF, United Nations World Food Program, at UNHCR, the UN uh, Refugee Agency, and more that will be added to the list in the coming weeks. Epic addressed some possible questions in the FAQ section, starting by confirming that we'll be sending these funds as quickly as we can. We're not waiting for the actual funds to come in and our platform and payment partners, which we can take uh, can take a while depending on how the transaction was processed. EA, EA, Epic elaborated, as transactions are reported, we'll log them and send the funds to humanitarian relief organizations within days. It was also explained that all the real world, real money Fortnite purchases will be distributed, including V Buck packs, Fortnite crew gifted, Fortnite crew gifted battle passes and cosmetic packs. Retail store purchases of in-game cosmetics and V Buck cards will also be included if they are deemed within the donation time frame. V Bucks simply spent, being spent won't be counted towards the total, as it will be actual real money Fortnite purchases that will matter. This move by Epic Games comes alongside the start of Fortnite Chapter Three Season Two Resistance which not only adds Doctor Strange and Prowler to its battle pass, but also removes building from the Battle Royale. This move is just one of many other ways gaming and the entertainment companies are supporting the people of Ukraine, as as some are stopping their services in Russia and or donating to humanitarian relief for those impacted by the war in Ukraine. So uh, Sony obviously donating money to humanitarian relief, as we talked about in the previous episode. Now Microsoft and Epic, Epic Games doing that as well. And... If you've watched any of the coverage of Ukraine, uh, the the Russian invasion of Ukraine, you will see that the Russians are targeting a lot of civilians, um, hospitals, schools, apartment buildings, and this humanitarian relief is necessary because the people of Ukraine need it very badly. So I, I for there's nothing else to say, but um, this is just uh, fantastic um, work by epic and and microsoft you know anything people can give it it definitely helps but it, it it's nice to see that you know for how many years have we talked about fanboy wars and stuff like that and my console's better than yours your console's better than your or my console's better my console is better than yours oh no my console's better than yours that's that's the way i meant to go with that but we've seen the 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 you know the flame wars on message boards and and you know little jabs here here and there between the video game companies but it's nice to see them all uniting to help do something good for the people of Ukraine when they need it most. So, uh, like much of the world is uniting, it's nice to see the game community unite as well. Yield, I, I know that you you feel the same, but is there anything else you would like to add to this? I just think it's pretty cool how how because I was wondering. I mean, I was wondering how how soon the funds would get there because something like this takes time, and it's really nice to see how they just came out and said, "Listen." When, when we see that that X amount of dollars was spent 
during this time frame, we're going to send X amount of dollars over right away and not wait for it to make it all, all of its way through its channels before we can go, oh, okay, we officially have the money, let's send it over. Because they understand the, they need it now, not six months later. So, yep. That, that, that was really nice to see, and they went ahead and just came out and said it. Yeah, and you never want to use it as a marketing tool, but I, 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 I would guess that when you announce something like this, that people are more willing to spend money. Because, you know, if, if Rocket League said, oh, hey, you know, all of the money we make within Rocket League, we are going to donate that or a certain percentage of that to Ukrainian Relief. I mean, people who don't necessarily know how to help over in Ukraine and how to ease that situation as much as anybody can. You know, if you are a dedicated player of a game like Fortnite saying, hey, we'll donate funds to, you know, humanitarian aid that, you know, the money that you spend in this game, that's an easy way for people to help. So if I knew that Rocket League was doing something like this, I'd spend some, who knows, maybe I would finally buy a $20 goal score just to, you know, so I could help out in some way. So I, I again, I think that this is, you know, it's certainly good PR, but I think in general, like I said, I think that the world is just trying to do everything we can right now because the pictures and the videos coming out of Ukraine are fucking horrific. And I think people are just tired of seeing it. People don't want to see it anymore. So people are trying to help as much as they can. We're trying to do the right thing. And, you know, video game companies making it easier for people to help donate. So some of that money goes over there. Like, I, I think that's all great. So uh, not much discussion on the topic of the week, but really, what can you say when something is basically like, Oh yes, this is very positive. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Sid again with Sophie's Trophies. Um, we're going to do a short game again, guys, because to be honest, all I have done recently is played Elden Ring. Um, which I have to say, play it guys, it's amazing. But the game we're going to talk about today is called Orbi Bot. Uh, it's a short game, a short platinum, but it is actually a really good little game. Um, you basically play a ball. And you have to guide your ball. Think monkey ball. But um, instead of a monkey in there, it's just a robot ball, I think. Um, and all you have to do is get it to the end of the level. Um, overcome various puzzles, which aren't too difficult. Um, the um, tracks themselves, they're quite well designed. Actually, they're very well designed. Um, there are quite a few little bits on there that, that actually really impress me. So for a game of this size, um, I think it's worth doing. Now, the Platinum, as always with these games, guys, is easy. Nothing to worry about. Um, but, you know, if you want a good little Marble Madness, Monkey Ball type game, I'd give this one a go, definitely. So, let's get into this one. As always, Platinum Orbibot. That's your Platinum Trophy, guys. Get all the other trophies. Um, accidents happen. Push one barrel from the level into the sky. So all you have to do is knock a barrel off the edge of the level. Um, there's barrels all over the place, guys. Loads of them. And then you have a trophy for push three barrels. Uh, they have to be different barrels. Um, that one's called In the Middle. And then Barrel Hater. Push five different barrels from the level into the sky. So as you go through the first few levels, find these different barrels and push them off the edge. There are uh, gaps in the walkways and things like that that you can use to push them. Unboxing. Push one box from the level into the sky. Coincidence. Push three different boxes from the level into the sky. And then box hater. 
push five different boxes from the level into the sky. So the same as the barrels, guys. They're all over the place. You'll find them easy. Um, just knock them off. Just uh, You've got to be a bit careful to make sure you don't push yourself off at the same time with some of these. And then there is, there can be only one. Push one sphere from the level into the sky. Imposters. Push three different spheres from the level into the sky. I will prevail. Push five different spheres from the level into the sky. So, again, find the spheres. Um, there are loads of them. And just push them off the edge. First cat. Get one plastic cat on a level. Now, there's only one cat on a level. Um, you do have to look for them. They're not brilliantly hidden. Um, but if you're not looking out for them, you might not spot them. Um, then you've got cat collector. Get three different cats. So basically level one, two and three. Find the cat on each one. The levels aren't overly long. Um, you will spot the cats. They're easy enough to spot. And then you have start. Complete one level. Doors. Complete two levels. And three, two, one. Complete three levels. Um, so yeah, that's it for that one. Um, not much to do on it, to be honest. It's, it's a simple one, but like I say, the game is fun. Um, so, with that being such a short one, guys, um, I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ask you guys a question or ask you guys an opinion. Now, I'm playing Elden Ring. The game is hard. The game is fun. Um, to be honest, it's probably my favourite game of the moment um i've tried horizon forbidden west i will carry on with that after i've done elden ring um but my question for you guys is there are people selling runes on ebay and what you do is you get in touch with these people they join you in your game they drop some runes for you you use those runes to level up your character um and that's basically it i did this um, for the simple fact, I wanted to talk about it. It went well. I bought six million runes for three English pounds. Thought I'd give it a try. It worked. Um, but I want to ask you about the efficacy of this. Now, for me, I don't think... I find it hard to consider it cheating because all I've done is saved a bit of time. Because there are rune farming spots in the game where you can farm five million runes easily you have to work to get there um the game doesn't become any easier i am still getting my ass kicked um you know i just thought i'd give it a go see if it worked and it did but you know what guys i want your opinion let me know what you guys think of it um do these people need to be banned do i need to be banned um from software are not happy with people selling the runes shall we say because they are using duplicate glitches and things to do it i'm not sure where the stance is on buying of the runes um but i did it once i'm not doing it again um i, I was just intrigued to see if it worked i read about it online and i was like hmm i wonder if that is an actual thing and i tried it it worked i'm not doing it again like i say but you know what guys what's your opinion is it cheating or is it a time saver? Um, let me know. I'd be really interested in what people think about that. So that's it for this week, guys. I'm going to go and play Elden Ring now. 
because that is my life at the moment. Um, I will hopefully talk to you next week. Keep getting those trophies. Bye. All right, sir. Well, why don't you go ahead and uh, just give us your shout outs. So shout out to the Rocket League group this week. Uh, we had uh, Joe and Travis and Mike and Homer and Nitro and Alex and myself. Uh, shout out to again to Nitro for helping me finish out my weekly stuff over the weekend. Shout out to Alex for being last minute host this week. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, the Brain and Nitro for some Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, we borked the game, which was kind of funny. It froze on us trying to seal up the drop pod with platforms. And with one second left before it left, it locked up and kicked us all out of the game. So that was kind of funny. Um, Did you lose your progress? Did you have to redo that mission? Yeah, we had to redo that mission. It, it, it totally just basically threw up and kicked us all out, and, and we had to do it over. But it was still funny, because we were like, wait, we just borked the game. Um, shout out to the, all of you, the Pimps and Amatives of the Hordom. Thank you for downloading, listening, playing games with us, interacting with us on social media. Um, you know, I want to put... Something out there if you listen to it. I might put it in the Facebook group as well. But I think it would be really cool that if any of us, the three of us, or four of us, was Sid, if the four of us have ever at any time, you know, said, hey, we really think people would like this game, buy it. I know I've done that on the Facebook group with uh, post for sales. So if you've ever, if we, any of us, have encouraged you to buy a game, hit us up on the Facebook thread, tell us what game it was, whether you enjoyed it, we were dumb, and it sucked, um, let us know, because I think that'd be kind of cool. I was thinking the other day when um, uh, Alex wasn't going to go for his Arkham Asylum Platinum, and I was like, nah, I think you can get it. And then he went and got it, and... That just that got me thinking about what you know. Well, we've been doing this for what eight years or something. Oh, it's so, it's, it's past ten now. Okay, past ten. So, what games out there have we you weren't even on your radar, and we're like, hey, this game's pretty fun. I think you guys should give it a try. And you went and you gave it a try. I, I think that'd be kind of cool. Let us know. Hit us up on Facebook. But other than that, um, I think that'll do it for me. Yeah, I don't know if it was from because everyone knows that I was very high on House Marks Returnal, and you know I, I got up here and I praised it every single week, and I you know I, I still really enjoy that game. As I said last week, I'm glad they're coming out with more content for it. After talking to Sid about it, he was not as keen on the game as I was, and he said he spent seventy bucks on it, and he was you know less enthused about spending 70 bucks on another game i i I guess unless it's one that he was dead set that he was gonna like or you know was a sequel in a franchise he really liked so you know hopefully sid that you weren't you know you give the game another chance and you know if you need some help with it i'll i well it's i i I guess i can't help never mind never mind i can't help you there sid unless we're talking about the the tower the ascension dlc that's coming out soon but um i hope you get another chance and i uh 
Yeah, I, I hope I didn't lead you astray with uh, with my comments because I mean to stand behind my comments, but if 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 my comments led you to spend seventy dollars and you didn't like it, eh, that does make me feel a little bad because um, I know that that you know spending seventy dollars on a game and not liking it kind of bites bites you in the ass. But uh, yeah, so um, hopefully that's not my fault. Sid. But again, I, I think if you give it another chance and you use the save states as I did to get through the game, I think you'll enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, no, Yield, I think that's a good idea, because we, I'm sure that a lot of us look at critical reception and look at, you know, professional, I'm using air quotes here, professional reviews from websites when it comes to video games, but I think a lot of it is we rely on word of mouth from our friends, and, you know, and we do have a community of very knowledgeable people here in this, uh, in Trophy Whores, and along with the Loop Bros, so, you know, we all rely on each other to point out, oh, you know, hey, I really like this game. And, th- you know, that's why we have a What You've Been Playing segment is because we, you know, maybe we can steer you away from a really bad game that we, you know, just haven't enjoyed that much. Or maybe we can tell you awesome things about a game that you're kind of on the fence in and it'll, it'll push you yeah. over. Yeah. Like, like I'm trying to promote people for We Were Here. And Fun puzzle game, people. I'm telling you. But uh, what also got me thinking about it was one of the other sales uh, was towards the end of the year. They had games, they had Pumpkin Jack and After Party, and I think even Scully was in there. And I put in the in the Facebook chat that I do occasionally when there's a sale and a lot of games on there that I'll list, hey, this game is on sale for this price and this game for this price. And it's mostly games that I've either played or I'm kind of familiar with in the sense of I might have watched a buddy play it. And, oh, hey, that game looked really fun. And so I, I look, and that I listed like several games on that on that list because I had purchased them and played them and you know they're not like big they weren't big well-known games and I'm like hey these are fun games you guys should give them a try and I can't remember who it was so I know someone picked up like Pumpkin Jack and After Party and I was just like you know I wonder how many times we've sat here and done something like that whether we've been you know either in the forum or in the Facebook group or on here Hey guys, go go check out like you know go check out the sale or go check out this game. I think that'd be kind of cool, you know. Read the results, you know, of some games that we hit on that people were like, I wasn't even on my radar, and this game was really fun. Or other ones we were like, yeah, not my cup of tea, but thanks anyway. You know, I mean, because you're you're not gonna recommend games to everybody where everyone's gonna be like, oh man, every game you recommend is amazing. Everyone's got different tastes. So, yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that has helped Elden Ring out so much. And yes, critical reception, the game is getting a lot of perfect scores and George R. R. Martin being attached to it and just, you know, from software as well, being the developer behind it. That game had a, a swell of support, like a tsunami from the beginning, but it's gotten bigger and bigger because of word of mouth, because I know at least two people that I talked to games about that have been encouraged to buy that game by their friends, whereas they previously were not like they weren't going to buy it at least this soon. So I know that at least two people have been swayed to buy that game before they were, you know, originally ready to buy it. So word of mouth definitely does work. I mean, it does help when the game is getting reviewed really, really well, but uh, we definitely all, we, we all rely on the, uh, the opinions of our friends and our community more than we would think. Especially and definitely more than than the uh, professional critical community, you know, at like IGN or GameSpot or wherever. So, oh, absolutely. I know that you know games that I'm on the fence about that my friends are buying day one. 
I, that's, you know, yeah, the game could be getting all kinds of killer reviews, but I'll go to my buddies and be like, all right, give me, you know, give me the lowdown. What, what, you know, what's your opinion? So. Well, here, you, you can start this off. You can start this trend off. So I'll ask you, is there a game that you, uh, that your brother or Riley or really anybody in the community has recommended to you? that uh that you can point to is like oh man this is a really awesome game and i'm glad that i listened to this person well i mean uh right off the top of my head uh warhawk because i wasn't planning on buying a three and went to riley's house and he's like dude play this game i'm like okay and i was like oh wow this is amazing um oh crap uh knockout city was one i had no desire to play a dodgeball game and again, went over to his house, and he's like, "Here, give it a try." I like it. I bought it, and I'm like, I watched him play it for a bit, and I'm like, "All right, I'll, I'll give it a whirl." And was like, "Oh wow, this is more fun than the trailers led it on to believe." At least for me. Um, oh, I know my brother has. He's he's going to nail me on Facebook for this. I know that there's a game he's suggested that I've played, and I it just doesn't click at the moment. You know, I got a game that I think that was kind of recommended. I can't remember who did the original recommendation. Well, I, and, it, and, and I know you and Donnie helped me to get Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper series. Well, speaking so. of, of Donnie, that debonair son of a bitch, uh, I can think of a game that he, I think, I think, I think it came from him. I think he was the starting point for the okay. groundswell, but it seems like murdered soul suspect was a game that was recommended oh. to a lot of us. And from that, it kind of blossomed into like, Oh my gosh, so many of us are recommending this game. Oh, I, every time I see it on sale, I, it, it, it fluctuates from, I don't know, maybe it's five bucks normally. Anyway, I've seen it on sale for like two bucks on the PSN, and every time I do, I'm like, people, you need to buy this game because it's amazing. But yeah, that's definitely one I will champion and die on that hill. Game is so good. Yeah, but I mean, we're always looking for more community engagement. We love it, so... Yeah, go ahead and hit us up with your uh, sharing what games were recommended to you, and uh, they. It turns out, hey, I absolutely loved it, and I, now I'm I'm paying it forward, and I'm I'm recommending it to somebody else. Yeah, uh, yield, sir. Yes, shout outs. Th- those were my shout outs. I can't I, remember. I, 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 We'd gotten to the heat of a conversation, and I, I had forgotten. I start. I started with shout outs, and then kind of ended it with this whole spiel of recommendations. All right. Well, I guess so, I was asking myself for recommendations, then, or not, not recommendations, but shout-outs. Um, for shout-outs. Give a shout-out to the fans, the the community, the fuel to the fire of this show of yours. Thank you all very much for supporting us. Uh, you're the the gasoline that keeps this engine going. So uh, we, we really can't thank you enough because without our community, my controller wouldn't fall on the ground while I was talking. Um, but no, without you all, it, it and without my cat crying in the background, Juno! I'm recording. Uh, without our community, like the show is nothing. The show wouldn't exist, and we wouldn't be driven, you know, to have done so many episodes or enjoy doing the show as much as we do. Because I mean, part of the, I mean, yeah, we enjoy talking to each other, but you know, a lot of the enjoyment is getting community feedback, getting community questions. Which now that I say that, I'm reminded that your brother added a question for us to answer. Yield blah. Well, 
What, 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 what is it? But before, yeah, before we get to that, uh, F- finish your shout outs and then we'll get to that. Yeah. I give a, give a shout out to the, uh, to the listeners, uh, a shout out to yield for recording tonight. Uh, grumble, grumble, twerp you to tricky Mick for not answering my text, which I guess makes me feel like something serious is going on. So hopefully everything's okay. Can't even get the well, man on yeah. a phone call. Well, he was okay. I did see him show up on the show notes. He, of course, he can probably do that from his phone. But well, let's hope Tricky is doing all right. Hopefully, Tricky didn't fall into a toilet or something like that, and had to call the fire department to get him out. Uh, he did post something yield there uh, on the, the Facebook page, the poll, where oh, it looks like you voted overwhelmingly with with me and everybody else. Uh, Tricky yeah. wants to know, now that I have the plat in Forbidden West on the PS5, should I do the plat on PS4 or move on to another game? Yeah, it's that good. Uh, and it looks like 12 votes to new game and 2 votes to PS4. Or, uh, that'd be in the PS4 version of the game. And I'm not saying, I'm not arguing the point with Tricky, I'm not saying that the game isn't that good, but I think that playing a game of this size, just getting the platinum just double, like both in a row, it kind of like... That's that. That's where you know the game doesn't feel tedious. But if I knew that I had to run through the game again to get the platinum, it would feel tedious. Oh, absolutely. And I think it somewhat but, ruins the experience. So yes, Horizon Forbidden West is that good, but I definitely think that you should spend your time playing another game. Hey, maybe go play Sifu. I I agree in the sense the the only way that I would be okay, and and, and not that me being okay should be determination of whether or not what you what you play and how you play would be if I have nothing else to play. If you have nothing else to play, you love the game that much, absolutely run it back. But for me, I I would play the game and a game that massive, even if I love it that much, I just don't know if I dive back in. There have been a handful of games that I have, I have played you know, on the three and then the four, like Burnout, Paradise, and stuff like that. But there was a time, you know, a couple of years, or not more than a couple of years, but there were years between it where you're like, oh, you know what, that's a fond memory. I'll play that back again. But to turn around and play play Horizon already again, you know, I'm probably a good 30, 40 hours into it, maybe. I feel. I'd have to look at my time. And... It would feel very daunting, you know. It wouldn't feel so fresh to go back and play it again, especially to go for the platinum. I yeah, I would S- move on to something else. Save it for later, because I imagine DLC is going to come out for this game, and who knows? Maybe at that point to be like, hey, for another trophy, go get your your new game plus. Go go beat it on new game plus. So you know, save it down the road because something tells me we'll be revisiting Horizon Forbidden West. At some point before the the year is out. Time to check my social media. Getting away a little bit from video games, Homer asks, We all love video games, but I think the majority of us are huge sports fans as well. What's our favorite sports to watch as a pastime, and what are your favorite teams? Homer added that uh, for NFL football, it's the New York Giants, and for MLB baseball, it is the Cincinnati Redlegs. Uh... David gets in on the conversation, says NFL, the Redskins slash commanders and MLB, the Braves, you know, you'll, have you ever said why your brother isn't a fan of the Cincinnati football teams and is why 
he, maybe he's explained this to me, but I don't know. Why is he well, a Giants fan and not a Cincinnati fan? I, I've asked him this before. I, he got tired of Cincinnati sucking. So he wanted to go so, support the Giants while they, while they consistently suck? Well, I think when, when he jumped ship to the Giants, it's when they had Lawrence Taylor and Phil Sims. And so they were a lot better than the Bengals. I mean, he's seen his team win three Super Bowls and go to four. So, I mean. Man, he must have gave up on them pretty I, early because your name is some players from the 80s there. So, and he's yeah. not much older than I am. So, like, he must have given up on them pretty early in life. He he did. He did. And, and you know, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's, you know. But now his team is kind of like my team was in the 90s. So I feel for him. All right, Yield. Well, sports team-wise, what are your – we know you're a big fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, but, you know, I what, what else? Are you a fan of the other Ohio sports teams? I am. So for uh, baseball, I'm a Reds fan, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, college football, of course, you've all heard me. I'm a Buckeyes guy. Um, I do root for uh, the University of Basketball, even football-wise. I don't like overly follow, follow. I mean, I don't like watch them, but I do kind of follow them. I do follow the University of Dayton, and I do uh, keep – I'm not a huge basketball guy, but I do pull for uh, Wright State. Those are two of the smaller colleges in my vicinity. Um um, when it comes to like basketball, I don't, I don't really have a favorite. Uh, I don't care about pro basketball, college basketball. Um, pretty much anybody from Ohio, uh, I'll root for, so to speak. You know, especially in the Columbus, Cincinnati area. Um, hockey, I've tried to get behind it, and I'd rather go watch it in person than watch it on TV. Um, I don't really have a favorite. If I threw my a favorite behind it, it would be the Blue Jackets, only because they're from Ohio. So that gives me a local team to root for. Um, haven't been a golf guy since uh, Trevino and Jack Nicholas were playing, so that shows you how long I haven't really been a golf guy. Um, I used to be big into NASCAR racing, but after Senior passed away, I just kind of lost interest. And now I just kind of watch it. I follow it on social media for the wrecks. I kind of pay attention, you know, as in, oh, this guy won a race. Okay, that's cool. I don't watch it anymore. I spend my time playing video games. Pretty much for the most part, it's it's fo- pro and college football. That's my bread and butter. I will watch the occasional baseball game um, if it's on for, you know, if the Reds are on. But, um... Oh, is there any other sports that I've kind of missed that are kind of pro sports in the area? Not entirely. So, yeah, that's about it. I In my 20s and early 30s, I did play slow-pitch softball. So that was kind of fun. But that's it. The more you know. For me. The uh, more you I know. used to be a much bigger sports fan than I currently am. Uh, back in the 90s, I was big into, you know, the Braves as far as MLB, the Sabres and the Avalanche for hockey. And, you know, I I guess since I didn't have, you know, I live in Louisville, Kentucky, we don't have a pro sports team, although like basketball and certain other, you know, sports, you know, we at sometimes we were close to getting an NBA team. And, you know, we're just not a big enough city, even with Southern Indiana around us to really support that. 
So it just never happened. So mostly here, it's 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 college teams. You know, we have the University of Louisville. I'm a University of Kentucky fan. They're over in Lexington, and we had a very good football season this past year. We had we you know we got our bowl. We got to a bowl. We got our bowl win, and uh, I think it was the Citrus Bowl that we got to. We beat Iowa. I think it was. So we had a very good football season. Basketball ended on a sour note when we lost to St. Peter's in the first round of the college basketball uh, men's bracket, which, you know, us being a two seed, I'm sure that fucked with a lot of people's brackets. Uh, and I saw jokes online that we... we oh, f- my, my, a guy at work's a big UK fan, and he was not I can imagine he wasn't happy losing to a team that was the Peacocks, because that's the, the mascot of St. Peter's and the Peacocks. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, UK has historically had a ton of success in college basketball. And I guess now when I do pay attention to sports, it's either UK football or UK basketball. And uh, NFL, I guess I I pay a lot less attention to NFL football because I'm not playing or haven't played in at least the last three or four years fantasy football. So, I mean, I guess I of anything, I'm a Packers fan. But just as I've gotten older, I've paid less and less attention to most sports because, I don't know, I just don't have enough attention to watch every single thing. You know, I listen to my podcast. Ashley and I watch shows like um, if anyone's looking for a good show to watch on Netflix, The Last Kingdom is fucking fantastic. Uh, they're also coming out with a movie as well. So, you know, my eyes are really, you know, my, my attention is taken up by video games, you know, hanging out with the family, you know, going for walks with my dog, watching, you know, shows on series on Netflix or sometimes on HBO Max. And then, you know, I, and uh, I guess keeping up with podcasts and stuff and just watching the, the random videos on YouTube. So I don't know. My time for sports has kind of dried up quite a bit and us not having cable kind of, you know, pushes the nail into that coffin. But, you know, I do try to keep up with the UK athletics somewhat, but all the major sports, I just don't really have a lot of time or desire, to be honest, to, to watch them anymore. So it's a shame that Tricky's not here, so I couldn't needle him about how bad New York sports are anymore. I know. Missed opportunities. Homer, you should have saved he, this he, question for another he'll, 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 he'll interject. I'm sure he'll probably interject himself in here. Are you, or are you editing? No, he's editing this week. Oh, so he'll probably interject himself in there and we won't be able to poke fun at him. Well, no, because Tricky does this thing and, you know, Tricky will tell you that the thing that you like sucks. Like, you know, AEW, like I prefer AEW to WWE these days, and he'll tell you that AEW sucks. If he'll also tell you, he, like he when will. I mentioned my Mega Man 3 mouse pad, never said anything negative about another Mega Man game. He just jumped on me and it's like, should be Mega Man 4. It's like, alright dude, so Tricky has this thing where Tricky likes to tell you whatever thing that you like sucks, and what the thing he likes is superior for some odd reason. Ain't gonna lie, I saw the picture of the mouse pad. I thought it was dope. Yeah, it's it's a it's a picture of Wily's castle from Mega Man Three, and you know I'll I'll say it. Mega Man Three is my favorite Mega Man game. If you know Tricky's his favorite is Mega Man Four, and it, honestly, if you think Mega Man Four is the best Mega Man game, then I I'm not going to argue because I think you can make a good argument that that is the case. It's just Mega Man Three is my game, and that's the way it is. And you know, hey, as long as we're all Mega Man fans, that's all that's all all uh, all gravy to me. But uh, yeah, Homer, thank you for your question, sir. And you know, for anybody else who wants to continue the conversation, we've got that thread going on the Facebook page. Go check it out. Uh, but yeah, so uh, shout outs. Uh, Yield, I shouted out to you. I, I game twerped, or I twer- gave a twerp you to Tricky. I uh, gave a shout out to Homer for that question. Give it, uh, last but not least, give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend, Ashley. 
And uh, yeah, that is going to be the end of this week's episode. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week at full strength. But until then, thank you for listening. This has been episode 516. And until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.